Most trauma survivors developed hypervigilance as a way to keep safe. The traumatized brain is always on the lookout for people or things that may pose a threat to well-being. Hypervigilance is fear-based and stems from the idea that people may not be who they seem or they may be out to hurt you in some way. Christian women who face childhood trauma or adverse childhood experiences still long to feel safe. Part of the healing journey entails turning fear-based hypervigilance into careful and steady discernment. I hear oftentimes that uh, survivors would say, I just want to know what to do next. This is partly stemmed in the ability to trust their own thoughts and feelings because they are constantly bombarded by thoughts of fear. But today, we would look at how you can shift from a state of hypervigilance to develop calming discernment. Hey, sister friend, welcome to the Shades of Trauma Healing podcast. Do you want to overcome the wounds and impacts of childhood trauma that are holding you back in life? Do you want to get unstuck, begin thriving, and confidently living God's best in all areas? I'm Janielle, a certified clinical trauma specialist, life coach, trauma thriver, and most of all, a daughter of God living loved and on purpose. In this podcast, I'll share trauma education, healing strategies along with biblical applications and motivational stories to support you in your journey toward trauma healing and thriving. So grab your journal, settle into your favorite spot, and let's begin. Hypervigilance may have kept you safe at one point or the other in your life, but constantly living in fear of people or how they can hurt you, living in fear of past or perceived threats, it takes a toll on the body, the mind, and the nervous system over time. I often hear Christian women saying, we want clarity, we want discernment, and this is a valid need, of course. And fortunately, with discernment, trauma survivors can learn to calmly work out other people's behaviors and motivations without the fear of hypervigilance that can make them isolate, withdraw, or shut down. My adverse childhood experiences taught me how to be hypervigilant. The need below this was to always be safe and always feel safe. The need for safety does not go away as we get older. It's a human need. In fact, the more trauma someone experiences, the more the desire for safety exists. I just know now where to go to get that need met in a healthy way. I go to Christ and I rely on him to give me the safety and the discernment I need as he supports my healing. I like having that inner guide to know on my journey because I can rest assured that God would not steer me wrong. Developing discernment, seeking somatic help and professional trauma support all work together to bring holistic healing. And I've talked a lot about the somatic part of healing. And today I want to spend a little bit more time on developing discernment as Christian women and as a believer in holistic healing I believe that God is the source of our healing. And yes, we can get benefits from the other methods and modalities. When we couple this or when we ground all of this in Christ, then we experience healing on a different level. This brings me to my topic for today. 
The best way I know how to gain discernment is in developing the ability to hear from God. I've learned over the years that I can trust God's wisdom and his knowledge. He knows the spaces, the people, and the places that are safe for me, and he knows how to lead me away from danger. I learned that God speaks in many ways, and I needed to move myself into a place where I could hear and identify what he was saying. As I developed my ability to hear from God, I've used different activities over time. And what I've noticed is that there seems to be three main activities that occur most frequently and that are most effective. And I would like to share these with you. The first activity is to get to know God and identify his voice. Learn to delight in his word. I talked in the last episode about spending time with God as a path to developing trust. And this is quite similar. This time, I'm going to focus on getting to identify his voice specifically. In Psalms 1, it tells us that we need to meditate on God's word day and night so we could be firmly planted in God. And this is exactly where we need to be in order to hear him speak and direct us. We are also encouraged to delight in his word. We may read God's word because we know we are supposed to. However, do we delight in it? Oftentimes, people delight in their hobbies, their favorite TV shows and movies, their appearance. They delight in their people, Facebook, Insta, eating, sports. The list goes on and on and on. But how do you learn to delight in God's word? This comes with intentional exposure, consistent consumption, and thinking over what we've read multiple times a day while asking Holy Spirit to bring us the wisdom and the understanding and most of all the experiences with God. When we do this, our spiritual taste buds begin to change and we begin to really enjoy God's word. I'll give you an example. During the pandemic, I went on a 40-day sugar fast because my sugar consumption was getting out of control. The first 10 days were torture as my body detoxed from the sugar. I had withdrawals, I had cravings, headaches, my energy level dropped, I was irritable, emotional. I felt like I had the flu. It was awful, y'all. When I was going through those first 10 days, 10 to 14 days, I held on to the fact that the withdrawal symptoms and the cravings would pass that I would get all the benefits of a sugar-free body soon. I also held on to the fact that taste buds change every two weeks. So if I stuck it out long enough, I would stop desiring the sweet stuff. And that is exactly what happened. After about two weeks, I felt my energy increasing. What was really good was that my mental fog began clearing up and I could think better. The food I ate tasted differently. It's like my taste buds were heightened. And I particularly remember apples tasting sweeter. I always used to complain that these days apples don't seem to have any taste. So I remember that clearly. I began to appreciate everything that I was eating because I could taste all the flavors now. I have to mention this. One downside to this whole process is I love hot sauce, y'all, and I could not eat my meals without it. But while I was on this sugar fast, my taste buds changed and I couldn't handle as much heat anymore. 
I was so bummed out. I mean, I still like a bit of heat, but I can only handle it at a different level now. And I suppose that's okay. I just had to mention that because I still low-key mourn my relationship with hot sauce. But anyway, back to the point. Something similar happens in our spiritual relationships as we retrain our spiritual taste buds. First, we need to detox from unhealthy consumption that prevents us from fully tasting and enjoying the sweetness and the flavor of God and his word. Yes, in the beginning, it would be difficult and the cravings for the things you enjoyed before would be on high alert, but stick it out. Eventually, you will begin seeing change. One scripture you can pray is found in Psalms 119.18 and the NLT version says, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths of your instructions. When I was developing my spiritual practice, I couldn't stay long in the Bible. When I began reading, I would suddenly feel sleepy or I would read a page and not know what I just read because my mind just wandered off. Eventually, I had to come clean and say, God, I'm trying here, but sometimes I don't get what I'm reading. Oftentimes, Lord, to be honest, watching TV is a little bit more entertaining. This is where I am now, but I don't want to stay here. Please, Lord, retrain my mind. Give me an insatiable desire for your word and help me to enjoy it as well, more than anything else that goes on in my day. That is a prayer God answers for sure, but I still needed to do my part in positioning myself to constantly read his word and allow him to develop the delight of his word in me. And that leads me to the next activity. Posture yourself to hear and notice God patterns. We talked about feasting on what is good so we can retrain our spiritual taste buds. Now we can look at reducing distracting activities, and this includes silencing the noise of this world. Each person's noise may be different, so I'm not here to give you a list of things you need to minimize or eliminate. What I would say is to notice the things and the activities that you look forward to more than spending time in God's word. What are those things that consumes your mind, keeps you worried or in comparison mode or makes spending time with God seem less appealing? Do your own inventory and decide what you need to reduce or eliminate in order to make time and space for God and his word. Once you do this, use that freed up time to focus your mind on seeing God in your day. Begin observing what his voice sounds like how he shows up for you and ask him to make you really sensitive to him and to when he is speaking. I've come to notice the pattern of when God is speaking to me. And in the early days, I said, God, I want to hear from you, but you know, I got me some trust issues. I want to know for sure, for sure when you are talking to me. So when you speak to me, make it so clear that I cannot miss it. In fact, Lord, can you just confirm what you are saying in multiple ways? I really, really do not want to miss what you have to say. God is so amazing. I say this all the time because it is so true. God meets us where we are. He doesn't come to us with these should statements like, Genial, you should know this, or Genial, you should be able to do that. No, he is so gentle and merciful in how he interacts and communicates with us. And he answered this particular prayer. 
With practice and with trial and with error, having spent enough time with God, I can now recognize when and how he speaks to me. I know he speaks to the Holy Spirit. You know that inner knowing that you just cannot miss. And on top of that, for me, he provides two confirmations, not just one. He provides two. And I'll give you an example. Over the summer, I had just finished this Bible study that I was doing, and I didn't really have a particular topic that I wanted to move on to next. So I asked God, Lord, what do you want me to study next? Then I got this knowing in my spirit that I recognize as God speaking to me through Holy Spirit. And the voice said, Jonah. Jonah, I thought. In my head, I'm saying, I studied the book of Jonah in detail for a whole semester in seminary. I kind of know what it's about. And in that time over the summer, I couldn't really sense what application I needed at that time. Tisk, 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 Genial. Hey, I never said I always obeyed without question. Me and God, we have conversations. Just putting it out there. It is what it is. But I know you're not judging me, right? Because that's not the kind of space we have here. So anyway, I was thinking about it for a few days when confirmation number one came. I was talking to a friend in California and that day she said, Genielle, you know, they're doing a series at our church on Jonah and immediately you came to mind and they're doing a recording about it. So I'll send you the recording when it's finished and I think it would be really good for you. Yikes. I knew that God was at work. All right, I decided I'm going to wait for these recordings. Fast forward two weeks, I reached out to my friend. Hey, do you have those recordings yet? And she was like, no, it won't be ready until November. <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, okay, then I guess I have to wait before I start Jonah. Nope. God provided confirmation number two the very next weekend. I was watching Zoom service for one of the churches I started following during the pandemic. And what was the preacher's topic? Yeah, it was Jonah. I immediately repented for my delayed obedience because you know that delayed obedience is really a form of disobedience, right? Yes. I repented and dove into the book of Jonah and God used the message of the sermon and what he revealed to me in Jonah to bring surrender and freedom in an area of life that I've been wanting but avoiding for a little while. God knew it was time and he directed me to study Jonah and gave me exactly what I needed to confirm that this is what he was saying so that he could bring me the very healing that I was wanting but hesitating to go forward for. Let me just say this. I don't always get two confirmations. At times, the convictions are so clear and so strong that I just know I don't need any other confirmation. Move ahead. So in those cases, I take actions immediately. I mentioned the confirmation to highlight the mercy of God, that he will keep speaking to us and make it clear so that we can hear his voice and obey. Which brings me to the third activity. Part of developing your ability to hear God, to continually hear God, is to obey the last thing he told you. 
and you spend time with God and you learn what his voice is like through his word, through Holy Spirit, and in my case, through confirmation, when you begin seeing the patterns of how he speaks, your response is to obey and to obey quickly. There are blessings in obedience. Obedience strengthens the relationship with God. And the greatest blessing of all is that you get to experience God more fully and in more intimate ways. We experience deeper conversations, more clarity and more discernment. Because when God speaks to us and we obey, it demonstrates to him that we are worshipping him through our obedience. We value what he says and this deepens our connection with God. As you are developing the skill of hearing from God, you might worry, am I really hearing God right? There were many times I asked that question, God. Am I hearing you right? I guess that is why I needed so much confirmation. Some women wait to have the full picture or at least to see a few steps ahead before obeying. And what I want to say to you or to those women who may experience that is the more you spend time with God, the more you will come to trust that whatever he leads you to, whatever he asks you to do will not be to hurt you. I like what Psalm 84:11 says and the NASB version says for the Lord God is a sun and shield that's protection the Lord gives grace and glory he withholds no good thing from those who walk with integrity sister friend you can trust that God will be with you even if you misheard or you made a misstep know that holy spirit is a great course corrector. Merciful God, the good shepherd will steer you back to the right path if you wander off course. The key is to have an obedient heart and be honest in your motives about whatever you do. Even if or when you feel unsure of yourself or not brave enough to take the step of obedience, you can go back to God's word and like in Joshua, when he says not to be afraid, take courage in that. Pray for the Holy Spirit boldness to do whatever God asks you to do and trust that you are in good hands. And there you have it. That's the three activities I used to develop my relationship with God so that I could hear and identify his voice and direction. Coming from the space of hypervigilance, it is so calming to know when I don't know what to do, I can go to God. And he will speak to me and he will direct me. And now it's your turn. How well do you hear God's voice and how clearly do you discern his direction? I encourage you to reflect on what we talked about today and prayerfully consider which of these activities you need to spend more time in. Even if you need to spend time in all three, that's okay. Start somewhere, take small steps towards hearing from God. Wherever you are and whatever you need to do, it is worth knowing God intimately and gaining the discernment you need. I hope you enjoy the journey into hearing and experiencing God's voice, discernment, and clarity. I invite you to connect with me. We have the Facebook community, Heal Childhood Trauma as Christian Women of Color. You can also become a Shades of Trauma Healing Podcast Insider. 
The link to that is subscribepage.io forward slash S-T-H podcast. Or send me an email with your thoughts, your questions, your ideas, topics that you would like to hear. I've put all the links and ways to connect with me in the show notes and I look forward to hearing from you. Before you go, sister friend, did this podcast episode encourage, inspire, or teach you something new? If so, would you be so kind as to share it with another friend who needs help to overcome her childhood trauma? And don't forget to hop over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating and a written review for the show. This way, the show can reach more sisters who need to hear it. Thank you for listening and know that I am cheering for your healing. I'll be back next week. So until then, take time to breathe and be blessed.